Episode 47, Getting on the Same Page. This is the One Extraordinary Marriage Podcast, home of the Seven Days of Sex Challenge, featuring your hosts, the authors of the groundbreaking new book, Stripped Down, Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And welcome back. It's uh Welcome back. It's been a week. It's been a week. It's been a long week. I'm still feeling the uh, (laughs) ramifications of this week. I uh, was gone in Orlando for a business trip Wednesday through Sunday, and that meant uh, three-hour time zone difference, lots of late nights and early mornings, and goodness, I'm just not able to handle that like I was when I was in college. (laughs) I know. You're getting old. Thank you. Older. Older. Old is relative. Older. Is, yes. a, is a given. So Tony was yep. home with the kids this last week. and Yep, I was. With all Lucky that me. entails. You went up to your parents' house, though. You got reinforcements. For one day. Well, and the kids were at the sitters for two of those other days. Well, I had to work. I understand. You I'm know, just, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not a stay-at-home dad. That's yeah. not my role in this family. No, I know. So I don't. But the funny part was is that uh, last week, Alex comes home from school on Monday. And his class has been doing, they're working on, you know, they're second graders and they're doing oral reports and working on this, uh, uh, biographies. They're Mm -hmm. doing biographies. And so uh, two weeks ago, now Alex comes home and says, this is who I'm doing my report on. It's Lance Armstrong, which makes a lot of sense in this family. If you've listened to us for any length of time, you know that Tony is quite a road cyclist, the Tour de France. Right. But I will have to say I'm not a huge Lance fan. No, but of all the cyclists that that yes. probably would have shown up on a second grader's biography sure. list, yes, for for you know, for many reasons, I'm not a huge Lancer. Right, we're not going to go into this. This is not a cycling podcast. This if you want to know why, we can talk on another podcast about that because <laughs> I'm not going to write it out why. But he, he's a great he's a great guy. I just he's accomplished a lot. Yeah, he's accomplished a lot on the bike, but I think he's failed miserably in his relationships. Absolutely, and I think that is a a big thing to look at when we look at people. And I, I'm sorry to say he's, he's failed miserably numerous times well, and that, in relationships, that, not just his marriage, but other relationships as well. That was actually an interesting conversation that Alex and I had because yes. he, one of the questions, he had questions that he had to answer that they're going to be developing into this oral report. And one of the questions was, how many children does your, your person have? And, you know, who have they been, it was something I do with the marital relationships and children and things like yeah, that. Who are they and married to? How many kids do they you have? You know, we had just heard Lance just had his fifth child within the last month or so, I think, to his, the second child with his girlfriend. Um, who I don't even know who that is. I, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Anna something. Yeah. Anyhow, so we. Is this Max? It, no. Max or Olivia. 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 That's a whole nother Abbeyism. But. And if, if you have kids, you know Olivia the pig. Olivia, Olivia. the pig. Um, but so Alex and I had to talk about that. Yeah. A- and, you know, here I am having this conversation with my second grader about the fact that this individual that he's writing a report on is not married to the current, you know, to the mother of his children. To the mother of his M- most fourth recent, and fifth child. Fourth and fifth child. And he divorced the mother of his first three children. And, you know, it was kind of, 
I don't even say it was kind of, it was uncomfortable. Sure was. Talking to Alex about, you know, well, mom, why isn't he married? And, uh, you know, isn't he supposed yeah, to be? Yeah, you start getting to these big these Isn't he big supposed areas. to be married if he's having children? Yeah. You know, because since the time my kids started talking about, well, and more so with Abby than Alex, because Alex never really talked about, you know, having babies and having a family. It's not really been a conversation with him. <laughs> it's not into Alex's uh, DNA right now. But even with Abby, when, you know, she plays babies and, and that type of thing, we always talk about her having her husband. Right. You know, because for us, that marital foundation is the foundation mm-hmm. to bringing children into the world. And so it was very much like, oh, I'm having to. Yeah, ex- but as I'm they get older, well, I, well, and as they get older, it's going to be interesting because Alex is obviously asked about us and did we live together before we got married? And, yeah. You know, that there's going to come the point in time when he goes, hey, did you guys have sex before marriage? And you can't sit there and lie to your child and right. go, well, no, we didn't. You know, we can't be all pious and, oh, we're, we're just so godly, you know. No, that, that we would made be, a lot of mistakes back then. That would be very... Um, a lot of decisions that I wouldn't I wouldn't repeat. Um, yeah, but like, at the same time, you, you say that looking 16 years back, but at the same time, I mean, look what happened and look where we are today. Right. We happen to be very fortunate that we did not bear out the statistics on premarital sex and living together before marriage. Lots of people that do both of those things do not end up together 16 years later. I'm just saying. What's a lot? Are you saying 80%, 90%? Do you have statistics? I don't have the statistics. Okay. I I was just wondering. But you hear more and more about couples because there is no commitment, quote unquote commitment. You know, when they're living together, lots of those people, and I, okay, many, I don't know what the, what is the word choice? I, I would I would be I would be interested to know how many of you out there had premarital sex. Or lived together before marriage. Or lived together before marriage. I think it's I think it's I think it's huge. Even in the Christian Oh. Even in the Christian world that we live in. I, I think a lot of Christians don't say it mm-hmm. or will hide behind it because they feel ashamed of it. And in all honesty, I, I don't think you should be. I think you should you should talk to about it amongst each other and, and discuss it. And if your kids ask, I mean, be truthful and honest about it just as we, we plan to be. Yeah. I mean, we, we've not lied to our kids. We obviously, no. and I think a big thing is too, to though, the- a big thing is too, for us, I, we weren't believers of Christ mm-hmm. way back then. I mean, my goodness, I think we are closer to heathens than we are closer to God. Right. At, at that point right. in time. I mean, I mean, that's, that's where for we goodness were. Sakes, I mean, most lovemaking sessions, if you want to call them that, were alcohol-induced. Go ahead. I'm, I'm listening to our past. Go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm just saying that's what they were. Right. I mean, and I, I wouldn't call them lovemaking. I'd call it just sex. Mm-hmm. You know, more, more than anything was uh, an alcohol-induced time in our lives. Right. You know, and yes, it did it put us off on the wrong foot. Sure. I, I think there's there's a lot that we have learned over the years that we hope to instill in our children so that they have a better start at their marriage when they do get married than we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, like one of them talking about the birds and the bees from us. I think that would be a, a critical <laughs> critical conversation to have. What, are you saying your parents didn't talk to you about the Heck, birds my, and the bees? My parents didn't. My my dad was so scared to talk about that. 
I, I mean, the, the most that ever came out of my dad's mouth was, don't get a girl pregnant. And, and that was it. I didn't know how, but that's all he said. So I, I think words having... Words of wisdom from dad. The words of wisdom from dad. I love that, man. But it's one of those things where I think we'll have that conversation. Oh, I, I can definitely see us having that conversation. Yeah. Um, partly because I think as our kids get older, they're going to find out what we talk about on a regular basis and it's going to lend itself to conversations. Sure. I mean, no, no, we, I, we I, happen I to be very that. open with that. We haven't had the conversations with the kids yet because fortunately for us, our children are still innocent. I, I think to, the thing is too, is you don't have to go into super detail. It's not like you got to give all the ins and outs of every single little thing. I think you talk about it and, and, and we'll talk about it in a way of yes, but because of this, this is what had happened. And these are some of the ramifications. And this is some of the stuff we had to work through mm-hmm. where if you don't here are the things that are a positive. Right. So True. again, Elisa and I were in a small group some years back and I remember it was our first night in the small group and it was very interesting because this had, this small group had been together for about two years and the conversation had led to, you know, what do you talk about uh, with your children? And I remember just sitting in there, this first, this first one, and I just said, look it, you know, Elisa and I had sex before marriage. We've done some of this. We've done this. And it almost like blew the socks off that small group because at that point in time, nobody in that group had gone that intimate and that close. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a really good thing. I mean, we were in that group for about a year. And uh, it, it really opened up doors. It, it was uh, an interesting time. But it, it, it really showed me how scared many Christians are to share their past. Well, I think that's because so many, um, there's so much judgment. Well, yeah. There, there's, and, and, and we know stigma. that. And we know that from conversations that we've had from people in other churches. Right. Where we've talked about our past and... You know, I remember one comment that was made um, from somebody else where they said, wow, I'm not going to let you around my kids when they're a teenager. Right. And, you know, that was one of those comments where I remember thinking, but wait a minute. Just because we've had these life experiences doesn't mean that your kids are going to have those life experiences. Right. And, And wouldn't you want somebody who's at least been down that path and turned their life around to be the one to share that kind of stuff with your kids? Mm-hmm. As opposed to somebody who has gone down that path and has never sought out Christ and never decided to make a change. Right. Um, and there, there is, you know, you have conversations with Christians, you have conversations with, you know, your church friends or whatnot. And there are topics that don't yeah. get discussed. Yeah, that, that's yeah. That, it's a whole other topic. Right. That's a whole other podcast. But that, but that does bring up part of my week because my pastor, one of my pastors at our church did a, a fantastic sermon last weekend on um it basically boiled down to addictions and he had a panel of three folks up on stage uh, all of them had battled either alcoholism or drug addiction which i mean i put my hands together to these folks who have kicked that habit and all they have gone through and all that their family has gone through it's amazing and so after about five or six days of just mulling this thing over in my head, I, I shot him off an email going, well, I'm really happy that we had that. And it's not the first time that we've had this, but why is it that pornography is never brought up? 
and we shot some emails back and forth and he, he's a pastor, very good pastor friend of, of mine. And we sit down for coffee every few months when we, when we, something comes up every couple of few months. And, uh, and so we were going back and forth and finally it was just like, okay, Tony, do any one of these dates work? And so it basically some of my emails to him were, you know, you're coming to me in an email saying, well, the reason we showcase these three is because they want to start a ministry to help those that are, have dealt with alcoholism or drug addiction or are. And my big thing was, well, if you never put somebody up there who can talk about pornography and the crap that happens within pornography, nobody's going to come up because of the stigma that is in our churches. Absolutely. And that pisses me off. Absolutely. Because my goodness, the numbers are staggering. And I know he was like, you know, it's not about the numbers, but for those of you who don't know, the numbers are 50% of Christian men are in pornography. Now I'm not saying it's hardcore, but they're, they are in some form of pornography. And I'm not talking about commercials on TV. Mainly it's internet. Another 20% of women are addicted to pornography in the church. So the numbers are huge. I mean, I don't know what it is in your church and I can't sit in my church and go every other man is addicted to pornography, but that those are the numbers and it's scary. And the, the bigger thing that just pisses me off is that nobody is willing to talk about it. Everybody hides away. Even those who have overcome it sit behind, they, they just sit in the backdrop and go, I don't want to bring that up because I'm going to be judged. You know what? It's time for us to start standing up a little bit and have some cojones and, you know, let the word out. I mean, if Christ has saved you through whatever addictions you've, you've overcome, I mean, I think it's time to stand up a bit, you know, and the, the conversation sort of went, you know, we need to find somebody, you know, somebody needs to lead. And I, and I went back and I said, you know what, at this point in time, I cannot lead a group. I, I don't have the time. So all of you are probably going, well, gosh, Tony, you just told us to stand up, but now you won't do it. No, no, no. I said, I don't have time for a weekly group, but I am more than ready and willing to do a round table event that he and I have discussed. So it's not just one person's put on the spot, but maybe we have a, a round table of four or five people. Well, and it's, you know, Tony and I have led just on the leading a small group. Tony and I have led small groups at various times. Um, Oh, yeah. when, you know, circumstances have presented themselves, we have led a small group and this is, I wasn't at church, um, for that particular service. So I didn't hear about this, but Tony was relaying it to me and, and being the spouse in, in, with this, you know, who, of a husband who has battled this particular addiction. It is one of those things where, you know, I was very surprised when Tony said that it was alcohol and drugs because I asked him, I said, what about porn? And he said, no. And although he did say it was mentioned, okay. but I, but I think it was like one of those just like porn and this and that, and you know what I mean? It was just sort of like a byline. The reality which is, is a, which is, which is fine. I appreciate that, but the focus wasn't on that and the focus needs to be on that. Right. Because until, until, you, because until you, just, until you put somebody up right on the stage, behind the pulpit, however it is in your church to say, 
I have this problem. I am, I look like you. I talk like you. I work in the same community that you do. Right. You know, it's okay. It's almost okay for somebody to come up and say, I'm an alcoholic. That is much more acceptable. Oh, it's much more acceptable. Than for somebody to come up and say, I'm addicted to porn. Uh, in the church, most definitely. Uh, you know, and I, so, I think the church is missing out greatly in this area. You know, there are a lot of men, and, and we, you know, you had mentioned, um, when you and I were having the conversation this weekend about when we did our, uh, was it at Easter that we did the cardboard testimonies? Yes. Okay, so at Easter, and you can, um, a number of churches around the country have done this. It's called cardboard testimonies, and if you Google it, you'll different things will come up. Um, where you'll see and basically what it is 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 it's a silent part of a service where people come up and on one side of their cardboard it says whatever their struggle has been and and then you flip it over and it says how you know basically how through christ they've overcome this or what has changed since christ has come into their lives and so when we did this at easter on tony's side it said 19 year battle or struggle Addiction. with porno- addiction to pornography. And on the other side, I don't remember exactly what your wording was, but basically overcome through Christ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Tony was telling me, he's like, you know, there were so many men that came up to me after that service, not necessarily acknowledging that they had had the same issue, but they were acknowledging acceptance for what you had done. Right. Oh yeah. Because a, a, a number of them even said, they're like, wow, thank you so much for bringing that up or, or saying that. You know? Yeah, and who knows if they were wrestling with it themselves, if it had right. been an issue for them. But chances are, if it wasn't an issue for them, they probably know somebody. Mm-hmm. And I think that's you know that's one of the the areas where the church really can serve is by saying if we know this is an issue, if we you know I know, and it's not just guys. I mean that twenty percent of female. I mean that number is growing. So it's not like it's. It's not like it's just men mm-hmm. uh, that 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 number of women who are turning to pornography is growing. Well, and I think that's because for a lot of people, there's, you know, whether it's because we've become such a technologically immersed society where things are done, you know, there isn't the interpersonal relationships. Right. And, you know, there are a lot of people that are dissatisfied in their relationships mm-hmm. because they, for whatever reason, intimacy is not a priority in the relationship. And so even though it's a false sense of intimacy, they're seeking it out right. somewhere else. Right. Um, okay. Well, wow. So that, that's, that's our week. And <laughs> Although I do have to say, going back to this whole Lance Armstrong thing, yes. um, on Monday before I leave on yes. Wednesday for my trip, Alex comes home and says, Mom, we're going to have to decorate a doll for, for my oral report. And all of a sudden the wheels start turning in my head going, Oh my gosh, I'm leaving on Wednesday. I'm not going to be home. I'm like, what do you mean decorate a doll? Like how big is this doll going to be? And he's trying to explain it. And so instead of driving into our driveway, coming home from school, we head to Joanne fabrics and have, you know, an hour long walk around the store trying to find, you know, figure out what our little Lance Armstrong doll is going to wear. And Alex wanted to make the whole, the uh, yellow. No, he didn't want the yellow. He wanted to make, Oh, the, he wanted to make it the Astana, the Astana team jersey. Un- uniform jersey. And you know, so I'm calling Tony going, please talk him out of this. He <laughs> well, was the seven time winner of the Tour de France. Can't we just stick him in yellow? I mean, the funny thing is though, it's like I was reading the directions or mom was reading the directions. It's like we could have used like construction paper. It didn't have to be all fabric. I know, but you know, I, know. I didn't have, when I was going to Joanne Fabrics because I thought it was going to be due when I came home, uh, I, I didn't realize that cardboard or 
construction paper would be okay. I was just thinking I'm only going to be home 24 hours before I I take off. But anyhow, so Tony and probably my mother-in-law, I don't know how much she actually participated in. She did. Oh no, she helped out. Okay. I I was thinking it was probably more her, but I was going to give you credit first. They, uh, they sent me a picture message on my phone this weekend little lance armstrong was done and you know i have to say hats off to tony for doing the school project without me um so we've got our completed yeah lance i just have to do a couple little iron-ons yeah we got to do a couple little things here and there but it's overall that was good i had an opportunity this weekend to talking to a bunch of women to uh to talk about what we're doing with one um this was a cross-section of leah sophia managers from across the country and of course, you know, we get together with a group of women and sex inevitably comes up at some point in time. And let's talk uh, about sex, baby. There you go. Let's and uh, it was, it was baby. interesting. It was really neat to be able to talk to these women who, some of whom are much older than I am and, and mm-hmm. just talk about what we've been doing and the couples that we've been reaching. Talk about you, our, our fan awesome base and listeners. listener base. And, um, really kind of blown away some people that were just mm-hmm. like, you, you do what? Once a week, you're on the air talking about sex and relationships and intimacy and, um, you know, having the opportunity to talk about, you know, the things that we talk about in the book, mm-hmm. thing, you know, talking about, you know, setting boundaries, prioritizing your time, calendaring your life, you know, ah, crazy enough, putting your husband on that calendar. Um, change it up. Change it. You know, all of the little Let's things talk. that we talk about in the book. And if you haven't gotten your book, you can still get it for 10 bucks. Just enter blowout in the uh, discount coupon in the cart. Yeah. So it was, it was just a really neat, you know, you never know where you're going to be talking to people and where the opportunity is going to present itself. And, yeah. I think that's cool. Um, I mean, heck, I even brought it up at my, my work because uh, some guy this past week canceled on me like five o'clock on Tuesday. I'm supposed to be there Wednesday morning and it was a pretty good sized job. And, you know, he said, you know, some other unexpected expenses, medical expenses sort of all of a sudden hit. My wife's freaking out. I was like, oh, yeah, I got one of those. I understand. And he sort of chuckled. And I go, you know, my wife and I, we we talk a lot about that on our podcast. And he goes, you do what? I said, oh, my wife and I, we just talk about intimacy and marriage and sex. And and we have a podcast. And he goes, you do? So for most of you, my full-time work is the dent dude. I've had that business for eight years now. I've been doing that work for 13. It's called paintless dent repair. So it's blue collar. Um, I go out and I fix on cars. So a lot of people don't realize that Tony, the dent dude has another life. (laughs) They just think I'm some dude who just pushes dents. And so it's always fun when I can hit them over the head a little bit and just tell them we podcast and we do, we've written a book. (laughs) Gives them a little different they, they, like, they sort who of, is this guy? Yeah, they sort of look at me a little weird. So I got to bring that up too this week. It's always fun. It's always fun to share like that. Yeah. I think whatever opportunity you have, and I truly believe that God opens those doors and either A, you step through it and, and go for it or you don't. And more and more over this last year, I would say for myself and I think for you too, is we've been able to step through that and talk about it and, and not feel sort of awkward about it, but just to, to share in the difficulties that have happened and and the successes that have happened. Well, and quite honestly, our audience space is hugely responsible for that. Oh, because the feedback that all of you give us that the emails, the phone calls, um, all of that strengthens in me 
the sense that we're on the right track, that, that this right. message that we put out once a week, you know, through the book, through the podcast, it's striking a chord. Mm-hmm. You tell us that time and time again. And so to have the confidence to be sitting, you know, with five, 10 women and say, yeah, you know, Tony and I wrote a book and, um, this is what we talk about. And this is, you know, how strongly we feel about making intimacy a priority in your marriage. And this is what we're doing with it. That is a direct result of all of you. Yeah. And so a, a great big thank you to you guys. To you guys. Yeah. I, uh, want to give an update on my mouth. Did two rounds of my prescription mm-hmm. and have been feeling I, a week now mm-hmm. since the last dose and feeling much, much better. It's amazing what my food actually tastes like now and when my mouth isn't just like burning. So I know there's still a healing process. And so luckily once I I know I'm better. So now it's just the healing process, but that's, that's nice. I'm really excited. Good. Yeah. And so on another note too, this week for me, uh, our good friend, Dr. Corey Allen, released his second book, his second ebook, Buck Naked. Uh, fantastic book. I haven't read through the whole thing. I've gone through maybe a handful of chapters so far, but it's really cool. I like it. And uh, each chapter, he, he talks about one word, say love or communication. And he sort of gives a definition and he really breaks it down in, in a really good way. I mean, I, I like the way Dr. Allen just works through some of this stuff and is, um, I don't want to say he's revolutionary, but I, I just, I just enjoy the way he brings up the topic and, you know, just even about love, you know, love is not a feeling. We all want it to be this feeling, but he just talks about what love is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, so that was cool. What else this week? Oh, f- the Facebook page, the question of the week I put out there was, what is the one thing that makes that your spouse makes you laugh or something, something to that extent is really interesting because when we put question of the week out there, I mean, we'll get 10 to 12 responses, 14 responses, somewhere in that range. And this one, I think stumped a lot of you stumped me. That's why I put it out there because it's, it's one of those things. It's like, what does your spouse do that makes you laugh? And your dad was one of the comments. He's like, that's a good question. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know I'm looking through this. And it it's a good question. I and I think if you haven't haven't gone to the Facebook page and seen that, but you're thinking, I mean, what does your spouse do that makes you laugh? And I I, I don't know, honestly. Are are you asking me? Are, well, you? are you part of this conversation? Ooh. <laughs> I thought I had permission to look at the Facebook page when you actually mentioned it during the, I'm on our Facebook one right. page. Okay. I know. All right, well, but I'm asking you, zing. you know, what do you do that makes me laugh? Yeah. Uh, See, it's a good question. It's a good I, question. I, I don't think, I, I, I don't think, think the think reason that you don't, that you don't have an answer for me is because I am so serious. You are. That I don't do a lot of the funny thing. Although I have to say, and this still makes me laugh playing football with you guys last week when I thought I was going to like drop to the ground and get, yeah, that, was know, funny. that was funny. But, but that's like a moment. That's, that's a moment. not I, a, I don't, that's I don't not like a, do a lot of funny things weekly. Yeah. 
It was interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, that's why I put that question out there. And and obviously, I think it stumped a lot of you guys, too, because we didn't get many answers yeah. to it. So I'm probably more like my mother than I know if my dad put the very same, you know, kind of the same response. Yeah. So. Interesting. Right. That's just that's just that. We had one voicemail that we're going to get to here. And um, we'll go from there. What do you say? Sounds good. Hi, Tony and Elisa. This is Carrie. I just wanted to call really quick. I totally 100% agree with Tony and you, Elisa, on not sugarcoating anything. Um, I feel if I am going to come to you guys totally open and honestly, I expect you to be the same way or I'm not going to feel comfortable talking about my marriage and my situation. So just wanted to add that in. Thank you so much for being honest. You guys have done um, so many great things, and I appreciate everything you guys do. I have never been happier in my marriage, and um, I don't know what I'd do without you guys. Can't wait to hear you guys next week. Carrie, we love you. That's awesome. I know. I mean, that is just so cool. And and we thank you, Carrie, for, for your feedback there because we did have a couple of uh, rough podcasts for us and we're going to just keep on doing what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's who we are. Yep. We've um, talked it through in depth, so we're not going to rehash it on another on podcast. On another podcast. So um, that's all. We, we love you and we thank you and we are so excited. We've seen that transformation that's happened in your marriage. You've kept us abreast of what's happening and... Uh, God stuff. bless you guys. I mean, just awesome taking, you know, if, if there's a success story out there, it, it's here's one right here. I mean, mm-hmm. Carrie just got, got hooked up with uh, the one podcast through some friends and just got going. I mean, just realized that some changes needed to be made in her marriage and just went after it. It wasn't mm-hmm. a, it wasn't a question of do I or don't I, it's how soon and how fast. And yes, there were little hurdles along the ways and, she would hit us up with some emails and we would email her back. And, you know, it's just awesome when somebody like that just goes after it Mm -hmm. because that's what it's about. That's what this podcast is about. That's what, why we talk about having sex for seven days or 60 days or, you know, making intimacy, all forms of intimacy a priority. So to that note, um, anything else for your week? I think my week's, Oh, we got the radio. We had a, we fixed our radiator. <laughs> just it's been a busy it's been a busy week. I mean, I'm not kidding. I, I I'm surprised we made it to this darn podcast tonight. I, I was I was that was ready. even touch and go there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was ready just to miss this week because we've been having a darn radiator leak and it's been driving me nuts. I mean, to the tune of you know, drive for an hour and and we're down about a quart to half a gallon. What and I'm the one who was it last? Yeah, it was last week when all of a sudden I pull up somewhere and I can see the steam coming out yes. of my engine. Oh, it was last Sunday. I was at a jewelry party and I'm like getting ready to go up. It was my second jewelry party of the night, and uh, I was a little bit early, so I was going to pull over into this parking lot. Well, right as I get to a stop sign, I see I don't know if it's smoke or steam. I couldn't really tell because it was getting dark, and I'm like, oh no, my engine's probably on fire. You you just mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah. You, can't tell and so I pull up and I'm calling Tony I'm like okay I'm at my party I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to get home I don't even know what's wrong with the car but there's like steam or something coming out it's dark I can't see anything and yes all week we've been dealing with this 
a slow leak trying to diagnose where it is or where it's going. And, you know, I've got the smell of antifreeze in my car and Tony takes the car tonight. We swap cars this evening and he takes it to a buddy of his that works at one of the dealerships. And, you know, 20 minutes later, I'm getting this text saying, uh, cars going up on the lift. And the next text says, we think we found the problem. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty darn quick. Thank God. But it's still, it's just, my goodness, it's one thing after another. I mean, because you so. guys know we went on our anniversary trip five weeks ago. And we haven't had a date night since. But that's when the radiator yeah. happened. It was, oh, it's yeah, been five yeah, weeks the, that we've been dealing with this radiator yeah, in some way, shape, hose. or form. And, uh, and for all of you that are wondering, yes, you did hear Tony say we have not had a date night in five weeks. Oh we are gosh. going on date going. night Friday night. It's already planned. I know, but it's just, it's, it's been so it's long. It's been a while and we've been busy. and I know. Do so you right. want to jump into tonight? You want me to sure. read some we emails? Can, we can do... Did you want to do any more emails? We're, no, let's let's get into tonight. Let's get into tonight. Okay, let me get to my other... Where'd that document Dang. go? So we called this episode Getting on the Same Page. Right. And we are halfway through November. December's right around the corner, and then it's going to be 2011. Yep. And... Typically during this time of year, if you're listening to any of your self-help folks out there, they're telling you to plan, make your goals for 2011, be the brighter and newer you in 2011, write them all down and go for it. The thing is, and Elise and I have done this over many of years, have, we'll do that. We'll write down our goals separately. And I think it hit us last year. We were doing some coaching and we actually did this together. We did it separately and then we came together and we started talking. And it's really interesting that a lot of the gurus out there who talk about setting your goals and all really look at it only from a financial well be, a, a financial work standpoint. So XYZ, you need to do your goals for 2011 to achieve what you want to achieve. The thing that I I came to realize was, well, if I don't have Elisa on board with what I want to do, it's going to make it really difficult to achieve my goals. Because if I have a goal of making, say, $400,000 a year, and to make $400,000 a year is going to require 16 hours a day of work for the next year so I can ramp stuff up. So in five years or two years or whatever, I'm making that kind of money, but I don't have her support. Uh, it's sort of ludicrous. Well, it's going to be hard because I'm not going to be cooperating with right. you. Right. And so we, we did this together and we thought it was really cool. And so we were discussing, well, you know, we need to, we need to jump on board and do this again. And last night we had a, a fun session. Elisa came back from her, her trip and, and we got a chance for about a half an hour or so and just started talking and, dreaming a little bit and got our juices sort of flowing. And someone that we worked with in the past is Justin Lucas Savage from uh, lucascoaching.com. And, and he has this great worksheet out there on goals. And yes, when you see it and I will put it in our show notes so that you and your spouse can do it together. Um, it's primarily focused again for the, individual but for all intents and purposes for this show we want to do it 
as a couple so that as we move into 2011 as couples we're on the same page if you get what i'm saying so if um if yeah, you want to really list, yeah we'll start going through this but okay. it, it, it boils down to the fact that businesses have a business plan individuals can have goals but do you have a family business plan do you know where your family is going mm-hmm. in, in a number of different areas? And, you know, we've got good friends that they in the past have sat down and had, you know, every year they kind of do their family strategic plan all the way from, you know, mom and dad and what they want to accomplish down to junior right? and what their goals are for, for their child. And I remember the first time I heard the wife tell me about this, I was kind of laughing. I said, Really? But there's a lot of strength in that. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't accomplish all their goals, they, they have those goals and they're working towards something. Um, so we, we've got this. This is, you know, don't freak out when you open this document. It's nine pages. Um, you know, and this is, this is one of those things that you can do in small chunks. You know, we're telling you about it on November 15th, 15th. 16th. Mm-hmm. January is not for another six weeks. So you've got time. But uh, on the other side of that is... Don't wait till December 31st. Right. I mean, print these out, start thinking about them, and have one of those really cool sessions, those conversations where you guys get together mm-hmm. and talk about it. So where are we starting? Are we starting with number one, the financial? Yeah. Or you want to go number two, the physical, which everybody already starts with? No, let's... I mean, some of the questions you'll see, am I missing anything in my life right now that's important to me? I know what I'm, I know what I'm passionate about. I have a, a written strategic plan for my work and personal life with timelines. Um, I spend four to five times a week exercising or restore myself physically. You know, these are some questions you'll see in the beginning there. And you know, the other thing I like about um, the this whole Lucas coaching model is that he starts with your five-year goals. Right. And works backwards. Right. Where do you want to be in the future? You know, what is, what is the dream? It costs you nothing to dream. Mm-hmm. Nothing. You, you could dream to be president of the United States or have a mansion up on a hill that costs you zero dollars. But what it does is it gets your creative juices flowing and it gets the conversations happening. Right. And, and if it's been a while since you've sat down and dreamed because life's gotten in the way, Take some time. There might be some things that you wanted to do when you were younger. You're like, oh, I want to skydive. I want to, you know, for Tony, hike the PCT. I want to, he's already yeah. done that one. Yeah, right. I was gonna say, I've, already, I've already done that one. But I'm just saying, you know, people have dreams that sometimes, you know, seem a little crazy or far-fetched. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Get crazy on this. And then figure out what the baby steps are that are going to help you get there. Right. So let's let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So we're going to start with the financial. How much money do you want to be earning each year in five years? Question number one. So we're at a five year. We're at a five year. So that puts us. I'm 2016. Yeah. Woo. 2016. You know, my goal, my goal really is in five years to be making passive income. 
Yes. And so that is meaning that we have developed multiple streams of income. Mm-hmm. Um, now, does my five-year goal mean I got to make 500000 I I would honestly be happy in that 150, 200,000 range, but on multiple streams of income and not on a single stream like the dent dude is, where it's just a, I have to do the work to make it. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to be able to work hard now so I can peel off later, sort of. Right. And, and for us, that financial component also very much does have a lifestyle component to that. Right. Because one of our big goals is to every summer to take off for six weeks. And something that we've seen is this thing called house swapping. Mm-hmm. And it's on the internet. We saw it in... Budget Travel. Budget Travel. Our tra- favorite travel love magazine. Love magazine. But where people house swap. And mm-hmm. so we would be able to put our place up and swap with, say, somebody in Italy or South Africa or Australia or Canada or South America, and every summer we would love to, for six weeks, house swap. And we live in San Diego, so we we live in a desirable location to house swap. And I want all of you that live in those countries to realize that he just mentioned your country on purpose. I did? I I think you did. It was kind of a subconscious or unconscious thing where you're like, because you mentioned South Africa, you mentioned Australia, you mentioned Canada. I'm just thinking... That's not quite a coincidence that we happen to have <laughs> listeners there. In all so. those areas. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking. I, I know you weren't, but it just, it popped out. And I thought okay. it was very, um, you know, how much do you want to have in the bank or in investments? And this is, this is something that, you know, kind of ties into that passive income. Tony and I are both building businesses right now. In addition to, you know, stuff that we have going on together, we have individual businesses, but probably over the last, let's say Alex is going to be eight. So really over the last eight years, um, we've worked with our financial advisor and our attorney to really start kind of projecting into the future, mm-hmm. you know, protecting. And what we've seen with family um, as grandparents have gotten older, parents are getting older, um, really setting ourselves up so that in the future, our kids don't have to worry so much about taking care of us. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, so that is something where, you know, there's all kinds of financial advice out there. Um, We are protecting ourselves first, you know, not, not at the expense of our children in terms of college funding and things like that. But the reality is, is that it won't kill them to have to work. Yeah. To put themselves through college. However, having to take care of their parents could be a huge financial burden right? that I would much rather them not have. Right. And no, so agree. we are working to make sure investments for our protection are funded. Um, yeah. And, and I think it's, I think it's important as our parents, you know, many of you listening are kind of in that 20 something to 40 something demographic. You're starting to see your parents get older. Grandparents are getting older and the reality of long-term care Mm-hmm. And those types of things. I mean, you've heard us talk about uh, Tony's grandmother going into the retirement facility. Um, there are costs, huge costs right. associated with that, all of that. And if you haven't thought about that, you know, this is one of those areas where you need to sit down and say, okay, how much do I need to have in the bank? How much do I need to have in investments? How much do we need to have in life insurance? This and for those of you that are working, maybe a Dave Ramsey financial peace plan 
that this is this is your area right here. You may be thinking, crap, I, I just want to get out of debt right now. And, Definitely. And, and this is this is your area, you know. Um the the next piece is it says make it personal. I earn, you know, two hundred thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. starting this year. I drive for me personally, I I can drive a Honda and be plenty fine. I I, I work on expensive cars. I mean uh, I roll with million dollar cars. Uh, I, so I see them and they cost a lot of money and they cost a lot of money to maintain. And for me, that just doesn't get it. it, it to me, it's a means of transportation. Right. If anything, I would love to have just like a little two seater Miata so that the kids can never come in it. And it's just mine and Elisa's car. So yeah, I, we do know that the next couple of years, my minivan's going to need to be replaced and that (laughs) the radiator folks, you've heard us talk about this. We're making it last. Um, but that, you know, in our relationship, the car is not a status symbol. No, for us, it, it really is, you know, over the last, the last few cars we've bought, we've bought used, um, and have, if we have any debt on them, it's been paid off very quickly. Um, well, we, we, we always have a plan with them and the, the plan with cars for us is have a big fat down payment and then finance as little as we can. And you know what? That works for us because we're driven and we understand what we got to do. Mm-hmm. So I invest $500 a month, $1,000 a month. What What is that? Mm-hmm. You know, for us, we were at, um, gosh, I want to say we were at 500 and then we had a we ratcheted it back when the economy started tanking, but we did not stop, and so we continued to just keep on doing what we're doing. It's not as much as we want or had hoped to, but that's sometimes what happens. And you know, for us being entrepreneurial and all, sometimes you 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 sort of you're rolling the dice a bit. And for us, we're rolling the dice a bit, going, you know what, we'll we'll invest a little, we'll invest less now knowing that we're working towards the future, which will reap more benefits. Right. And so, uh, and then one year goals, how much do you want to increase your income in the next 12 months? You know, what can you do today? I think a good one, I save 10% of my income each week. I think that's cool. That is a good question. You or know? a good, good, um, statement to get you thinking, how can you do that? Right. What, what things can you do to, Make that happen. Does right. that mean that you don't go to Starbucks this week? Or maybe if you're... Or you, going out to eat, period. If you're a Starbucks a day type of person, maybe you go twice a week. Right. Um, you know, uh, a big, a, bi- a big factor in our in our society. I mean, if you're, if you're sitting there going, man, I can't save any money. I, I The first place I would look is where you eat out. And keep and a running... And how often you eat out. Yeah, and keep a running log. Uh, that's the next big step you got to be doing. If you want to make drastic change in your life in, in both of you, again, this is for both of you. We're talking about, no, we're not, we're not pinpointing just one of you. We're saying both of you. So if you guys want to figure out where money is being lost, you you do a log for 30 days Mm -hmm. and you write everything down. It's not the log where you go, Oh, well I, I just stopped by, you know, uh, just well, got an order of fries. Right, or yeah. I, I just ran into the convenience store and just got a, a 99 cent bag of chips. Well, you do that over 30 days, it's still 30 bucks. Right. Or 22 days a, w- a week, Monday through Friday, typically during the, the month. So it's still 22 bucks. That's shot out the, the door. So think about that. I give 10% to 
It could be your church. It could be another organization that you choose. That is, that is up to you guys. But it, that is something that Elise and I have had uh, in our sort of our family mission for for many years. And it does change and varies each month. Majority of the time, it will go towards our church. Mm-hmm. But there are times, just like right now in the month of November when the San Diego rescue mission has their huge November feed. So our tithe will go to the rescue mission because we know that we are putting a warm meal in somebody's stomach on Thanksgiving day. Well, and and I can see this giving spirit, um, playing out, you know, with Abby Mm -hmm. today, she comes into our room and she's got this little, you know, paper sandwich bag and she's gone through all of her belongings and has this little bag of treasures to give to her friends. And, and she's like, you know, can I take this to school? And I said, you know, that's fine. You just need to make sure that you have one for everybody in the class. So, you know, great exercise and counting. But I was talking to one of the moms because they looked at me and they said, well, what is this? And I said, you know what? These are treasures from Abby. I honestly don't care if you take it home and throw it away. But these are little things that she has found that she wants to give and I can't squelch her giving spirit and say, honey, right. those are just little trinkets. Nobody's going to want those because quite honestly, four and five-year-olds are pretty excited to get a little something from one of their classmates. Yep. Um, but she, you know, she had this bag and she was just so proud that she was able to go around and give to so many people. A- and that's where I see, okay, you know what? She's getting what we're doing as a family. Right. That we have stuff that maybe we don't use it anymore, still has lots of life in it, who can we give it to? Mm-hmm. That's a direct result of making giving a family mission yep. or a family value. Definitely. So area number two is physical. And I'm, I'm just looking at our time right now. We got about 10 more minutes, so we're not going to be able to get to all of these, but we're going to get through as much as we can just to sort of share with you guys. So that way, when you jump in and you do this with your spouse, you're, you're ready to go. So area two is physical. Do you take long walks, exercise, or meditate regularly? And I think this is something, again, do you do it together? Is it something that you both can achieve together? I will have to say with, with me starting Fit Marriage and something that we Elise and I have done for years is we we work out. We don't work out side by side. We're just, we have two different personalities. Sometimes we'll do it. Majority of the time we don't. Um, I think the walks, I would love for us to start doing some walks again. We just got to figure out how to do that with kids. And I just, that time that we've had when we do go on walks are some of the best. I mean, it's 30 minutes an hour. And I mean, those are still some of the best memories I have of our marriage years ago when we were getting back into exercise and man, we would just walk and talk and I, and I loved it. So that's one area I would love to get back into exercise. We've talked about, I mean, I'm still going after my six pack abs are there. It's just, he is looking good. Shave or wax is the next question. Moving on. Are you living a balanced life? Is this an area that deserves more time? This is huge. This is when I struggle with. And and we we do struggle with. I struggle with this all the time. We got a lot on our plate. And last night again, when we were talking, it's okay. This is what we have coming up in 2011. What 
are we going to drop Mm -hmm. or what needs to be tailed back? And, you know, it's just a way of life because there's too much on the plate. And for, for us. And yes, all of you that are thinking, don't they have a chapter where they say, just say no. Right. We do. And that's, that's part of the reason why the conversation came up last night. So we are heeding our own advice. We just have to figure out how things are going to get trimmed, how it's going to get trimmed. And and one of those areas is our online endeavors and what we got going on. And so as we were discussing one in particular, we were trying to determine what do we do with one? Um, you know, we've been working at this and, and really hitting it hard for almost a year now. And so one thing we've come to love and do is obviously share VR podcast and we're definitely not going to get rid of that. And there's, there's no way are we going to stop podcasting. It may be harried at times or we're a little off balance, but that's so is life where we're going to start trimming back though is uh, marriage minute Monday. As much as we love that, it's just not happening. It, it takes up time we'll probably put something out every month or two. It'll be sporadic. It'll be sporadic, but we just don't know if we're going to be there that much on there. Um, We hope to get some speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. That is one of the areas that we would love to really focus in on. So, but other than that, we're not going to be blogging. You're not going to see us doing loads of stuff all over the place with one. We, we really have determined and decided this is our ministry. This is our way of giving back um, for all that God's given us. Right. I mean, if we can save one marriage, two or three, then we've done what we've been asked and called to do by God. So that's where we'll be cutting back. Can you just give yourself 30 minutes to relax? Mm. That's <laughs> the, 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 the time I find. <laughs> I say we do, and it's usually in bed. Right before I pass out from right. sleep. And one thing that we have failed miserably is we are doing our devotional, and we haven't done that in yeah. a month now. At least. I mean, just failed. At least. And I, th- I think part of it is we have to, I think we have to do it another time before we go to bed. I think that does. I, I don't know when, but I think we get into bed, and we're just like, we're so well, exhausted. and the other thing is too, we're not in bed at the same time because I'm up late now. Sometimes I'm up till midnight, one or o'clock. Or sometimes I'm up late. Yeah. Right. So we, we have we have some things that we need to work on in our marriage. Yes. And that's yeah. why we're going over this. I, heck, we didn't say we were perfect. Um, They're laughing right now. Why? I can just hear people laughing going, guys, we never thought you were perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, do you know that physical exercise is a cleansing process that can dramatically increase... Oh, why is my page keep jumping on me increase creativity wealth is difficult to enjoy if you've given up health in the process yes that's a huge i agree comment right there yeah if you don't have your health it does not matter how much money you have nope it just doesn't if you feel miserable all the time if you can't physically do anything it's not worth it and that plays right into your intimacy as well Oh, most definitely. You know, so a lot of these things, we're, we're going to probably wrap this up right now. We've got through two of, we didn't even get through the we second didn't even section. We get through the second section. We're a little wordy. Today. No, but Elisa brought up a very good point. And, and in all honesty, if you're feeling 
lethargic and just beat down, it's time to really consider your physical activity. It really is. There's, there's more to life than sitting in front of a computer or a TV and doing nothing. Um, I know a lot of good comes out of it, but it may be good. What? A lot of good comes out of just being on, not in front of the TV. Sitting around and watching TV? No, maybe uh, not in front of, I don't watch much TV. I watch sports. Uh, I'm not going to watch one. <laughs> I'm now. trying but to out of, But out on the computer, I mean, I think a lot of good has come out of what is there. Do you disagree? Yeah, but I, I think, you know. Well, when it's taken to the extreme, sure. And you're not doing anything else. Right. I understand. Well, that's what we're okay. talking about. D- does that make sense? Yes. You? Okay. I, I, just I want, will be I on just, the same page I, with you. I just you. want to make sure on that. So, you know, uh, I lost my train of thought at this Sorry. point. What was I talking about? You were talking about TV. Uh, a lot of good comes out of it. Uh, taking time to rest. <laughs> Fine rest. Get out there. If you're if, if you're feeling lethargic, is what I was saying. It's time to make some changes and make a positive difference because it will make a positive difference in your intimacy. It really will. And so I hope as you move towards the end of this year, there are some things that when you start talking about this that you really grab onto and start making some changes. A word of advice. A word of warning though. Don't take too much on and try to hit it all at one time and then fail miserably at everything two weeks into 2011 because that's not what it's about. You know, we're, we're a lot of people like to say it's a marathon. I like to almost look at life as short sprints. Like you sprint towards something and then you have a nice rest and relaxation. And then you sprint towards something. You got another nice rest and relaxation. Where I think of the marathon mentality is like, I just got to keep on going. Keep on going. And you never rest. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I it's, been something like I, it's been something I've been thinking about. Because our marriages are long term. And they're going to go on for a long time. But there are times when you're going to work really hard at it. And you're going to really make a, a solid effort in making the changes that you want on out of it. But then there's going to become a time of rest where you get to sit there and enjoy the work that you did. Mm-hmm. And so look at, look at your, look at your life and look at your marriage like that. I think too many of us think of it as just, we got to just keep on plugging away and eventually I'll get there and you never get there because you don't know where there is. So <laughs> just we're just wordy tonight but we are probably because we haven't spent that much time together over the last few days we have all these words built up we got all these words built up so it's goal setting time for you guys it's 2011 around the corner this is a perfect time for you guys to sit down and work through this find out what you guys want to do together next year mm-hmm. not separate but together and throw in that intimacy portion of there i know it's not there but Put it in there. What do you what do you desire out of your marriage next year? What is it? 2011, February 14th. We're going to kick off the seven days of sex challenge. We hope you join us. See, what? you can put that on your, your goals calendar for next year. You can. So, you guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We love you and have a fantastic week. Thanks for listening to the One Extraordinary Marriage Podcast. We would love to hear from you. You can go ahead and give us a call at area code 858-876-1extraordinarymarriage.com. The website is oneextraordinarymarriage.com. And while you're there, 
You can sign up for our Marriage Minute Monday newsletter, and you can also purchase Tony and Elisa's new book, Stripped Down. It's available now in print, audio, and ebook formats. Also, the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast has sponsorship opportunities available now. If your business is interested in sponsoring this podcast, please contact us at oneextraordinarymarriage.com.